Hey, welcome to On The Wing Podcast with Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever. I am super jacked for you to listen to this episode. Uh, it's coming at you from the back of a horse trailer in the middle of nowhere, Montana, which is absolutely the perfect place to be if you're chasing sharp-tailed grouse in a Hungarian partridge, which I was fortunate, fortunate enough to be doing with a couple of Pheasants Forever friends uh, that brought me along and their horses. So I got to, to experience hunting behind some big running pointing dogs from atop of a horse. It's uh, something that is absolutely a bucket list item if you've never done it before. Here you go. Have a listen. It was a great adventure. It was a great time, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hey, it's Bob St. Pierre, and I'm here with the On the Wing podcast from Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever. And looking out in front of me is the Montana Prairie. It is September 2nd. And uh, the heat and dryness has chased us out of the out of the bird hunting grounds for a couple hours just because it's a little too hot to run the dog. So I'm here with a couple of buddies and we're going to have a chat about bird hunting while we wait for the temperature to cool down. Um, I'm here with John Zeman and Dan Voss, two guys that I've known for, I don't know, maybe five, six years. And, a couple years, yeah. Um, I think the first time we ever hunted together was a celebrity hunt with Nick Hoffman from Nick's Wild oh, Ride. Man. Yeah, that Is was that, a few was years ago. That was the first ago. time we hunted, right? That was. Yeah. Two celebrities now. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, Zeman's yeah. our, our, our up, most Dan. prolific celebrity. <laughs> you you are a little overexposed in the last uh, two weeks. You've been on Star Tribune's outdoor page. You've been featured on. Uh, is that where Project this is going Upland, now? And now we're gonna bring you to the pheasants forever and quail forever world. Yeah, the secret's out on John Zeman, but the secret is most definitely under wraps with Dan Voss. Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> Well, th- give uh, give our listeners. You're wearing pheasants forever hats, so thank you. I know you're both gotta represent because you uh, you both attended a, um, a pheasants forever fundraising clay shoot uh, a couple weeks ago. So um, that that made you members if you weren't already. Yeah, we had a great uh, time. There we go. Um, yeah. But go ahead and uh, introduce yourself to. We're, well, let me let me just set the stage one more moment. We are leaning. Not against the tailgate. We were leaning up against John's horse trailer. Uh, we have... The only shade for miles. Uh, yeah, right. that's exactly right. Well, your horse trailer and John's horse trailer. We've got um, two horse trailers, two trucks, one brand new truck. But that's a story for... <laughs> I thought we were going to leave that alone. <laughs> we, we'll leave that alone. <laughs> Let's just say we had uh, challenges getting well, to Montana. It's all part of the fun. Yeah. Um, we got we, t- 10 dogs, four horses. Four horses, 10 dogs. We have eight short hairs and two Gordon setters. Dan very Run. proudly puffed up his chest uh, as the Gordon setter guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A 12-year-old. Well, let's, let's start there, Dan. Tell, tell us a little bit about yourself and... and um, you do have a pretty special dog with a, with us. I do. I've uh, I've been in the Gordon Setter breed since probably early 90s and and, and uh, 
have been fairly successful in breeding and competing uh, horse horseback field trial dogs. And so we like to, you know, in field trialing, there's a lot of talk about race and stuff. And uh, the prairies of North Dakota is a place where you can turn a dog loose and follow them off horseback. And when they point up, you ride up and hop off, grab your shotgun out of your scabbard and walk on in and start shooting birds if you're that lucky so speaking of horses yeah <laughs> they, oh, they're yeah. ready to run they're stomping stomping away in the trailer so that's pretty special to you the riding the horse and getting out there and covering big country yes i i, I like it and uh and i'm not built for the grouse woods like you two guys are so uh, uh hmm. for the listeners dan is uh seven foot six <laughs> yeah six six <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, you feel seven six compared to me. Yeah. I'm all a five six and a half. Yeah. <laughs> John, do I have you? Be I might be a hair taller than you. He might be. Okay. Yeah. Dan pedals when he rides his horse. He That's can, right. He can pedal them horses. I just pull them up between my legs. Right. Oh. Well, and and uh, John, you're you're pretty into the horseback riding, bird hunting. Comedy. Yeah done it for a few years i've um, competed in field trials also but more on an amateur basis and and uh, uh just was a natural fit to you know you're running dogs off a of horseback in competition to bring them out here and and do the real thing um hunt over them on horseback and what better place than the country in montana beautiful country and just allows the the dogs to really perform at their best uh, um, it's there's just nothing better than watching a, a dog uh, cover this ground out here and uh, to do it off a of horseback is pretty special pretty special because I mean we did travel 14 hours to get here oh yeah and um, how many states do you have any idea how many places you can hunt birds from horseback or how many places have you guys been here yeah montana's because in minnesota where we're all from uh you can do it in some state forests and national forests but you really or private can't do it, private uh, ground pheasant hunting or in the prairies no yeah the parcels of property there yeah, they're so small yeah you right. barely get going and you're done here what we hunt this morning <laughs> you tell me you would keep a track well we had a dog go what 24 miles today from horseback i don't know what the horse mm -hmm. path that our track was but the dog was 24 miles and we did that in two and a half hours yeah. right average speed was a little shy of 10 miles an hour for the dog um I don't know how long it would it take to walk that. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad I wasn't walking it. <laughs> yeah, that one block management was all of 30,000 acres. so, And we covered a fraction of it. Yeah. You guys have been coming out here for 10 years? Oh, I'm on my third third trip out here. Yeah, I've been, you know, it started in North Dakota and then migrated to uh, Nebraska, South Dakota, and up to... Montana. Were you? Did you have the horses in North Dakota, mm -hmm. Nebraska? Right. So, in, in North Dakota, you were in the northwest corner, right, where the right. oil sands yep. are, the yep. general area, and then the sand hills, mm -hmm. Nebraska. Sand hills, Nebraska, down near Valentine. So there are a few places you can 
make big runs. Oh, yeah. Runners. Yeah. I'm sure there's areas in maybe Kansas uh, um, and uh, Idaho and such that you have the country to do it. Uh, it just takes, you know, large parcels of wide open space. And it really makes sense. Yeah, because John was, you know, he he would be honest and say, you know, there's areas where there are more birds, mm-hmm. but the parcels of the land right. aren't as big as what we want to hunt. We want we want to hunt from horseback. Right. That's what we want to do. Yeah, there's areas that you know, there's you're up and down off the horse uh, uh, with bird work so often that it it is almost uh, doesn't make sense to be to be on horseback where you're you're up and down so much. So we like to see where. We may have a piece of bird work every, you know, 20 minutes, a half an hour or so, uh, and gives the dog the opportunity to to get out there and cover more ground, you know, between pieces of bird work. So it works. It works out here. Yeah, except for the two hours we went without bird work. Right. We were a little bit, you know, you have some dry spells that, uh, you know, they've experienced a couple of dry years. The cover's sparse and um birds you know, get jumpy birds are jumpy um and uh, i think the bird numbers are you know aren't what they used to be you know three four years ago well i guess we <clears throat> i don't i don't know that i said that yet um the birds that we're hunting um being out here so early september one september two is today um we're hunting sharp-tailed grouse and Hungarian partridge, although we have seen some pheasants. The pheasants that we've seen need at least two more oh, weeks. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. We have seen a, little, a few big ones, but most of them have been puffballs out here. Right. Um, they have they definitely a late hatch. I, I guess my gut instinct is that there was a late hatch out here. Yeah. That um, the, the pheasants that are out in this part of the country are young. Yeah. And honestly... Um, We've seen quite a few young sharp tails too. Yeah, but we, you know, yeah, that's, that's pretty true. typical. You know, but the yeah. cubbies, the Huns, we've been seeing have been, you know, they've oh, been yeah. nice numbers in yeah, the cubbies. Yeah, that's so. true. Big oh, numbers. Yeah. yeah, that cubby or that group of pheasants yesterday could have fooled uh, me that they were Hungarian partridge. You know, that they were the size of Hungarian partridge when they got up. So for folks that have never been bird hunting on a horse walk us through um you know walk us through the process of approaching um a moment where you're going to get a shot right so so we're out all three of us are out on horses and we each have essentially have had a dog right running out in front of us take us from there john um yeah what you'd like to see is the dog established point you know, quite a ways ahead. So, and uh, Quite a ways ahead with John is? Well, it could be, you know, 100, 200, 400. And, um, and we're, he's not exaggerating. We had a dog on point uh, this morning at 400 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you ride up. You know, you, you try to, um, you know, stop well enough ahead or, or, or behind the dog so you don't spook the birds. Uh, you usually hunt in pairs, so and we generally take turns shooting. So uh, one fellow will get off and Old and horses. hand the reins to his partner, and and he'll bring the horse up behind him, and you know, 
jump off, grab the gun out of the scabbard, pull a couple shells out of your pocket, and and uh, walk up. Um, hopefully, if the birds cooperate, they're there, and birds get flushed. You know, and uh, hopefully, you can do your part in the process and right. drop them. Yep. Um, so. Um, one thing that has surprised me, it hasn't been, um, the, the, the horses haven't been spooked by the gunshot, right? Right. It, has that ever happened where you've been in a situation where um, you're, you've had a horse get spooked? Well, we've, we're here, uh, Tina and I are here with a couple of young horses. And not, 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 they're not young, but they're young to the horseback hunt. And, and one of them... The new horse for us, he, we've only had him for a couple of weeks, and he's taken to it real easily. But he's had a little bit of a background in, in field trialing. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been probably around shotgun fire like that. But then the other horse, this has been quite an adventure for her. <laughs> and um, you don't want to be on her back when the gun goes off, that's for sure. Well, we haven't had any issues yet, but you guys have told the story on multiple occasions of last year's hunt where... A horse did go for a walk by itself that you had to. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, John's horse Angel. She was in love with my bud horse, and he got off to work a bird, and uh, the parking brake wasn't set real yeah. good. <laughs> and uh, she went on a tour of the country looking for bud. So as as we like as you said, you know the dogs on point. Uh, one, two people get off, and then the person that's not grabbing the shotgun it's their responsibility to grab the reins and make sure the horses don't go for a home. walkabout yeah, yeah. Go home. <laughs> and generally they're home, pretty good at staying put generally but every once in a while circumstances uh, change and the, the horses want to like you say go for a walkabout and, but uh, and they're think, usually pretty good yeah i think too like we're we're basically hunting with you know three of us now and um i've never hunted with bob before but i think except for the grouse hunting yeah one time. Yeah. Yep. yeah but i wasn't carrying a gun in that neither was john we were oh just, that's true you guys were kind of guides right weren't you? and uh so i think if you're hunting with a guy that you kind of can you you kind of can read each other's mind about how you're gonna approach a dog on point mm-hmm. with that little you know un the body language you sure. see so so if if we roll up and you're holding horses and john and i are walking in we kind of have an idea where each one of us is going to go mm-hmm. yeah and you get a read on you know where you think the birds are are at or going and uh, to go into flush and the other thing i want to talk about you get with you guys is you're more than your average bird hunter's you know not that you're professional dog trainers but dan you're essentially a professional dog judge right oh yeah for, yeah I for field few, trials yeah, and, i judge a few trials and mm-hmm. after we get back from this i'll i'll have the next couple of weekends committed to that so what what advice from a judge perspective do you have for folks on you know transferring what you see in the field into i'm sorry what you see in a trial into the field well i mean at a at a in a competition we're looking for a super extreme amount of polish of the you know steady to flush steady to wing steady to shot the retrieve that type of stuff and 
you know, quite honestly, if I had a little bit more time on some of the younger dogs I'd have, we'd have that. And, you know, and, and John brings out a older eight year old dog and man, that dog just goes point A to point B. Yeah. And that's all we did all day mm-hmm. the first morning. And, uh, so we, I don't know that you can keep a dog with that type of polish on wild game. Cause you know, we want to kill it. We want, and we want it done right. But at, at to what level, I mean, are you out here training or you are out here having a hunt too. So, I mean, the backing that we get and, uh, you know, how the dogs will go on point and stay on point till we get there is mm-hmm. that's, you know, when you get a dog on point at 400 yards, it, <laughs> even though you're on horseback, it still takes a little while to cover that ground, no, especially yeah. on the rolling hills here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So advice, you know, you're coming out here. You want to have a good hunt, and you want to make sure your dog is steady on okay. point. And after that, you know, however you want to hunt the dog after that, that's on, you know, you're up to you. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit in the drive over to this spot. And, um, you know, you even Dan mentioned if you wanted to go find more birds, there's different places you could go. But you're, you're kind of on a hunt for something more than just birds here, aren't you? Yeah, to me, it's, um, I mean, part of the attraction or the allure of hunting off a horseback is to take the same, you know, performance that you'd see in a field trial and see if you can maintain that that same level of performance uh, out here in the field where you're actually gunning birds and um, and trying to, you know, uh, maintain that same level um you know to to see a dog that's steady to wing shot and and uh, retrieve those birds uh to me that's that's what i'm looking for is always that perfect scenario right it's that everything john's on the hunt for the hunt not the Mm -hmm. kill right the kill is just the the last step in the whole process you know it's not he's a good enough shot if his dogs go on point he's in the area birds are going to die that that's right that's right. not the yeah, big part of it anymore <laughs> yeah the magic is when it all comes together he's you know you work all all summer and maybe for five or six summers of a dog's life and through the fall to get to the point where you can bring them out here and and turn them loose and watch them go and you know there's a sense of pride that goes with the, the amount of training and the time that you spent and then to watch it all come together mm-hmm. and it's real yeah it's real it's not a pop gun trial i mean so I want to yep. talk a, a little bit about each of your kind of special dogs for a moment. So we, we talked a little bit about Buck, right? Buck is uh, Gordon Setter, who is now 13, 12, 12, yep. and has a tumor. He has a splenic tumor, yeah. And um, we're here at a, a piece of ground in Montana that's basically a section big, and we're waiting for the temperatures to kind of come down a, a little bit and you got yeah it's it's only what uh 300 acres here 400 yeah, i think it's all i thought i was gonna guess it was 600 yeah well it's not f- for what we're up to this section 600 acres this is a good old dog hunt <laughs> you know yeah. we're gonna cover so, this yeah, and we'll cover this in yeah. 40 minutes has buck hunted here before yeah he was here two years ago i didn't hunt him here last year mm-hmm. um I just had some younger dogs I wanted to bring on the trip, and he was 11. And and, and Buck, 
is one of the most decorated Gordon setters he's a, ever, right? Yeah, he's a two-time national field champion, three-time national amateur field champion. He was they call also, him five-time. We call him 5X. <laughs> 5X, that's it. We call him 5X. And where does the name Buck come from? Uh, his uh, registered name is uh, Chucker Hill Buck Naked. <laughs> <laughs> There's a story behind that I've never heard, I'm sure. Yeah. It's all, uh, that whole litter was uh, uh, based on the ZZ Top theme so oh, yeah. sharp his brother's sharp dressed man and there's buck naked and there's the high class broad and so hmm. uh, where does uh chico fit into that uh that's a daughter chica's a daughter of his uh, i owned the her her dam was a field champion dog as well and uh, she goes back through our at that time some dual champion gordon setters that i had um, so it's all, right. all been all in the family. Too. And what do you want to have happen here with? Uh, well, I'd like the old dog to go out here, and I'd like to see him stick about two or three cubbies, either huns or sharp tails. I'd like to kill a couple of birds for him. He's not going to go retrieve them. That's just not something that we uh, really strive to do sure. through his uh, field trial career. But he is a bloodthirsty little savage. So, <laughs> um, and uh, like we talked about, he's. He's 12. He's got a splenic tumor. You know, he could he could pass away out here. It wouldn't be, it, it, it just wouldn't be that big of a surprise. But it would be the appropriate it'd spot. It would be the though. appropriate spot, yeah. Mm. You want him to stick two or three cubbies. No, yeah, your expectations uh, are very reasonable. Right. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's all I want. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if he goes out here and has one solid piece of bird work, yeah, yeah that'd be great. Uh, John, you've got a whole kennel full of uh, short hairs in wow. here, but there's one that sort of sticks out as being pretty special. I'm, I guess I'm referring to Luna. Sure. Now, Luna has been a special dog. Um, she's, uh, you know, done well in field trials, but um, has really, I think, has the experience in wild bird hunting more so than any other dog that i've had she just knows how to go find them she goes finds them she's she's nine years old and um starting to show some age which is just kind of sad but um um yeah she's she's has been built to be able to cover cover ground and 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 do it you know uh at uh at a pretty good rate um and just hunt smart um, yeah um, she doesn't waste a lot of energy no yeah talk about hunting smart what do you what do you mean uh well they know the places to go it seems like innately know the places to go um and and stay forward and stay with you and they don't come all the way back to you all the time that's right. just wasted that's right. wasted energy to check all the way back to you right um yeah you know you you look back um and it's something that you you daydream about throughout the rest of the year until you get out here all of the experience that you've had in the past and the performances that you've seen and you want to you want to relive it again each each year you know and here we are you know september 2nd and um you know just want to see that see that same performance again or and luna uh i guess it was 
two years ago now had uh, a disease that I wasn't, I'd never heard of before. She's and Alec was through a fight with a raccoon. Yeah, uh, she had contracted what they call coonhound paralysis, and it's it's something that um, some dogs can get. They see it more so in coonhounds, of course, but. Um, uh, she's had a tendency, especially during you know pheasant hunting, to to get into the cattails and get into uh, in into the raccoons. And um, uh, a couple weeks after um, she had gotten this has been a couple years ago, and it uh, causes paralysis in their you know, lower extremities. She was literally knocked off her feet for uh, a couple months and. Um, uh, but she's fully recovered from that, and um, yeah, she's had her share of uh, different health ailments. But um, uh, yeah, you would never be able to tell that she went. Yeah, I've always know, referred right? her as the strongest dog I've ever seen, hmm. um, as far as you know, both through that recovery, which uh, sometimes can take four to six months, or some never do. But um, the only thing I can attribute it to is just her conditioning and um, uh, her desire to yeah, heart, just keep going. Big heart on that yeah. note. Right. Well, as we wrap up and the, the winds kind of sort of calm down and temperatures feel a little, little cooler. No, oh, yeah. Um, and we've, you know, as so as we wrap up, there are some things that I've noticed, and you guys can chime in too, that are different because this is my first like what you would consider legitimate. Like, I mean, we're sleeping in the horse trailer. <laughs> I, mean, I don't, I don't know how much more legitimate you, I can get after were, this, folks. You weren't we sure what you signed up for here. Yeah. Well, yeah. We, so. And not uh, the living quarters part of the horse no, trailer. So yeah, you, you're laughing because you because I have am living quarters. So John and I, uh, horses travel in the horse trailer. Uh, we get the horses out and sweep out all the. What Road apples. Do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, apples. And uh, sweep it out clean. And John's got the best setup in the world. He's got everything has its place. He's got a rolled up carpet. We roll the carpet out. We set up cots, um, air mattresses, sleeping bags. He's got a little buddy heater. And, we make uh, it comfortable. Yeah, it works. It, it, I think you slept just fine I, last I, night. I, I slept heard the Husqvarna running <laughs> most, most all the night. <laughs> My wife says they don't snore. Are you, are you calling Meredith a liar? God bless Meredith. I t- <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the kitchen is next to the bedroom, which is next to the bathroom. Well, the bathroom's down the hill. Oh, yeah. Um, but so so it, we're, we're, this is absolutely legit. Um, but you know some of the things that are are different from hunting um, compared to your normal. What do we do out. every day, Bob? Water. Oh yeah, yeah. We've been to town every day to fill up water tanks. We are going through gallons of. What water. do you got? Sixty-five. I hold sixty-five for horses. Probably forty. On my trailer, and yeah, we we go through the water. And the water is not just for the horses. The dogs are taking in more water because they're traveling so much more ground. Mm. Right, mm-hmm. right. So, and we get uh, we got caught a little short yesterday on our oh, second yeah, lap. <clears throat> yep. We probably each should have been carrying two gallons of water. 
The other thing out here, you, you know, if you've never been to Montana, you, you think about the big prairie and big grasslands, and you don't think about porcupines, but you better. They're here. Because they are here in force. There are a lot of porkies here. We've had in, we've been here two days, and we've already had two uh, encounters, right? Where we've oh, had, we found more. But, oh, yeah. Uh, we've, we've had, we've had two dogs that we had. We, we pulled quills twice. So yeah. Far. So, so definitely come with your needle nose or your hemostats yeah. and, and have some um, dog first aid uh, products with you because you're going to. You're gonna need it out it's, here. There, you're a long ways from anywhere. Yeah. Um, what else? What's different about um, being on a horse? <laughs> you don't take as many photos because you get to drive the car <laughs> and watch your, yeah. and watch your dog. You know. But you, you can you can any. see a long way when you're up on the back of a horse. <laughs> it makes, you can. Yeah, it makes a big difference. You can see the dogs work a lot. Mm. You, you're right, and you can see the landscape yeah. better too. Uh, <laughs> it's it's as as my uh, K fan radio partner Billy Hildebrand gives me grief for liking to take field naps and truck naps. It's pretty hard to take a nap on a horse. <laughs> no, yeah. So that that's a little different. Um, uh, you're you're like you mentioned this, um, John. Your your dog definitely has to be steady um, because it takes a little while to get up to that point and. Um, uh, by the time you ride up, unscabbard your gun, and approach, um, your dog pressures them at all, and those birds are flushing. Yeah, like when we're hunting young dogs, like John, John would say, "Hey, we better get there." Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you got young ones, you know they they might they might decide to take matters in their own hands, and but they got to learn too. They got to yeah. learn too. It takes bird contacts makes a big difference, yeah. and and these these. Uh, Sharp tail and Hungarian partridge will teach a dog, teach a dog to stand well off their birds, and um, otherwise game's over. You and know, they don't, the and they birds don't go, run like pheasants do either. No, yeah. that's why they're the ideal for what we're doing. Um, we've I've pheasant hunted off a horseback, and it's a bit more of a challenge because because there's you know multiple relocations at times on a running bird, and um, but the uh, Sharptail and Huns, especially early season, it um, tends to work out pretty well. What else is different? Anything else come to mind? Um, foot walk, hunting, uh, or foot walk. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> walk hunting. <laughs> Normal hunting oh, yeah. versus hunting on a horse. Well, even though we're up here hunting, you know, 20,000, 30,000 acre parcels of ground, there's still barbed wire. Mm-hmm. You know, there's still fences, and that's a bigger... That's a bigger obstacle with horses than it is if you were uh, walking around out here. Prairie dog country too is a bigger obstacle. You got to watch out for those little potholes. Yeah, I think that's the horse's job though. Yeah, is that right? They they are they looking for that? They should be. Yeah, if they're pasture they're horses, pretty they good. should be. They're and usually it, pretty good about. I, it. I did get questioned before I came out here about snakes. I haven't seen any any snakes, and you guys really don't encounter them. Out I've here. never seen one here. No, I'm sure they're here, um, you know, when it's a little bit even warmer temperatures. Or, But, um, no, we haven't encountered them. I guess it was, what, like 42 last night? Right. Yeah, that's true. It's been chilly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, 70 right now. Um, 
just go so sharp tails and huns um you know i made a decision to, to bring my 20 gauge with seven and a half shot uh which is what i use rough grouse hunting and unbeknownst we, we didn't even talk about this that's the exact same setup that you have john you're shooting 20 gauge with seven and a yeah. half shot what, what are you shooting i'm shooting a uh, 20 gauge federal seven and a half high brass okay so seven and a half same really you only need a, P, a bb or two and sharpies and huns fall yeah they're not just that like rough grouse yeah they're not that hard to bring down no and usually i mean the shots that you'll get over the pointing dogs are generally you know fairly close and right and uh, so it works if we were you know later in the season you generally you you would want to switch up to at least sixes um you know, and maybe a heavier load uh, because you will get wild flushes or, or birds that are getting up uh, a little bit further away. Yeah, and, and we're so close with the dogs right now that just about all our shots are, they're basically right. straight away, you know. We're on, we don't get very, very rarely we get a hard passing shot out here either. And um, I won't put the pin dot on, on the map for, for where exactly you guys hunt, but we're roughly in a northeastern montana um the forecast for grouse out here was pretty good what what a day and a half of hunting how is that forecast matched your uh match the results that you've seen on the ground yeah we struggled a bit this morning i was expecting more bird contacts but um um they're down from what they were you know three four years yeah, ago the big yeah 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 because last year i think it was um, a little tougher we're was, having a, we're a little ahead of last right. year maybe or mm-hmm. about the same but it's dry it was dry last year and it's it's dry right now too yeah. you know the hungarian partridge that we got into yesterday i was real happy to see the number of birds yeah, in each covey yeah it was they looked like they were pretty healthy as far as the number of birds in, in each cubby, where last year uh, the drought was a little bit more severe, and and um, you know we weren't, you know, we were you know, the Huns or cubbies were about cubbies, half, yeah, maybe about half as big, half a dozen or so at a time it seemed. You know, we all can't be like Bob, you know, and shoot a whole family group of sharks <laughs> at once. So. <laughs> all right, I, well, so yesterday. Yeah, so that he is, had a memory moment. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was pretty spectacular because that, <laughs> yesterday, opening day, uh, the morning hunt started with, oh, probably three, maybe four coveys of huns and a couple of, I guess we had a group of sharpies where we had opportunity with a single and I didn't pull the trigger at all uh, through the morning, which is fine because, you know, we're all kind of... Um, you, you want to shoot a uh, bird over your dog, right? My dogs were behind uh, a couple of pros, a.k.a. Oh. Luna, right? Yeah. So John was into the birds for the most part. And yeah, and I had a young dog going. So. Dan had, you, you, you got the Sharpie yesterday yeah, morning. Yeah. And, and your dog still was trying to figure out that you weren't walking. Yeah, <laughs> you're right, because she hunted really She was close. hunting you for a while. She was hunting really close. She was She couldn't find me even when she was right next to me because you wouldn't look up mm-hmm. with me. She's not used to you being on a horse, yeah. Yeah, that, that's, that was definitely a good point because she was looking for me and she was hunting closer. And that's changed as we've gone here. She's been out three times um, 
she hunted pretty close in the morning and she honored nicely she pressed it a little yeah you're giggling because she, all she did she was she got, it yesterday yeah, yeah. but uh she pressed it a little bit better yesterday afternoon and then quite a bit better today yeah i'd um, agree but um um, so what the the scenario Dan's alluding to is yesterday afternoon, um, we saw a f- small flock. I think there were five sharpies leave uh, real early. A uh, alfalfa edge. That we didn't. I don't know that we even bumped them. They must. Have there was us. real sparse alfalfa. Yeah. They saw us coming. Right. And um, they disappeared over the horizon. And John thought he had a um, mark on them heading down a coulee. And turns out oh, yeah. he had a pretty good mark on him because um was that liza that yeah, was that? willie willie locked up willie went on point and esky as honored <laughs> <laughs> well I'm, and i'm gonna take that because oh, yeah. it's better <laughs> than breaking the, right breaking in. um and, and what did i what did i tell you when you got <laughs> off when you got off your horse what you, did i tell you you did we would kill we every last one of them <laughs> John grinned at me because I don't think you thought that they were actually there or you weren't confident. You you said, kill them all. (laughs) So I proceeded to walk in on the point, and the first one got up and, swear to God, flew right at your head. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And I did not shoot until it it banked to the right. And by that time, I should have still got it, but uh, um, I, I took a shot and missed. And you guys were, and then you had no mercy yeah, on the, right, on right. the rest of the gallery there. But thankfully, <laughs> redemption. The birds was only, were polite. The redemption was thirty seconds away because one, um, another one flushed, kind of behind me and to my right, and I swung, and I was pretty happy with that shot. It was a little farther. It was out. a dandy. I was, I was pleased there, and you got um, a cheer from the crowd. <laughs> and right away, it, so it wasn't a true double; it was a report pair. Uh, another bird flushed into the other direction, and I dropped that one, and my barrels were empty, and two birds were down, and I was pretty pleased. And um, After retrieving those two birds, Esky finally was back in that same general That's spot. That's right, and then and, she pointed. And she pointed yeah. um, a real young one that was holding super tight, and I walked up on that one and flushed it and um, got a third. And as I was uh, retrieving that one, I think, or maybe it was in between, another bird flushed off of mm-hmm. uh, your pup. And um, had I, I was hot by that point. If I had, had my <laughs> barrel cracked clothes, we might have been talking I'm, about a limit in 90 yeah, seconds. He got bloodthirsty <laughs> right <Yeah>. there. <laughs> uh, that, was, that was an absolutely memorable sequence uh, um, to shoot three sharp tails. Um, after missing the first one but we rode uh, a long great. time up to that point we there did. too mm-hmm. we did. Um, and those sharp tails are just you know well so many of these prairie birds are underappreciated you know and they're <clears throat> they're in um, more dire straits than a lot of other um, you know a lot of other wildlife you look around and whether it's intensive farming or, or prairie grouse don't like um, windmills you know like trees you know so well they got, know, the, gotta, they got the tree thing covered out here the <laughs> we also there's no windmills around here either but um it, you know they're they're becoming less and less places for prairie ch- 
prairie chickens, sharp-tailed grouse to live, and that's what makes um, this trip so special. And I, I really appreciate you guys inviting me along and allowing me to turn it's, on the podcast oh, mach- machine. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully, it's uh, hopefully it's recording. I'm yeah, sure. yeah. I wouldn't. I'd have to agree with that. I wouldn't be here if uh, John didn't extend the invitation uh, to me too. So. Well. It's been good. You want to trade places to sleep tonight? No. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) He's been been there before. Uh, I did two years. I did a two-year stint in that. (laughs) And went out and bought himself a... (laughs) It's actually... uh, It's it's more comfortable than you think. And I think maybe... Well, it's super portable down some of these roads. Because we've gone into some pretty... Well, where we went in and came out this morning, that was... The other thing that's, um, and this is really uh, valuable to a guy like me that doesn't honestly like to wake up early, is you wake up and you're here, right? Oh, it's yeah. not like we're in some motel, you know, motel and you know you go through your morning, you know, rituals, and then you got to drive out to the spot. Mm. You know, we wake up and kind of throw on our saddle, some horses, and go. Yeah, and off you go. I mean, literally, it's like growing up in the country right and you get home from school and out the back door you go well out the horse trailer you go and you know you're hunting pretty pretty peaceful out here pretty quiet at night pretty dark too pretty dark you see the stars real well well before it gets dark and as the temperature's cool let's let's put buck on a bird and see what we can well, you do you got your old trammel dog we're gonna we, have the old dog hunt we do we got they call those honor hunts and hopefully right. it's yeah. not their last one but uh no. hopefully it's a special one because as we're looking out the, they call montana big sky and you see a lot of grass and a lot of sky and uh we're gonna end this on the wing podcast and saddle up a couple of horses Let's do it release the hounds oh. and go bird hunting Thanks for listening, folks. This has been On the Wing Podcast with Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever. My guests were John Zeman and Dan Voss, two great guys that have brought me to Big Sky, Montana in search of birds. And we're going to go have some fun.